mediated conversation on SAFM. 28 minutes now to 9 the time. Time for your mediated conversation this Wednesday morning. Over the last few years, there's been more and more evidence that the South African National Defence Force has simply not been getting the money that it needs to properly do its job. It was years ago that the Air Force was first not able to transport soldiers to other parts of Africa using our own planes. Since then, it's not been able to complete some of the biggest ships it was supposed to have. The Gripen fighters we bought during the arms deal were put into storage. At the same time, we're making more demands on the SANDF. Soldiers were asked to patrol the streets during the pandemic lockdowns. Soldiers have been in some parts of the Western Cape. They were also asked to play a role, particularly in KwaZulu-Natal, after the violence there in 2021. And, of course, we also have soldiers in Mozambique to help deal with the insurgency in that region. And from time to time, I've had soldiers in Sudan and in the DRC. So then, how difficult is this for the SANDF and how much money does it actually need? Well, first this morning, you'll hear from Ambassador Dr. Kingsley Makobela, conflict resolution expert and director at Risk Recon. We'll ask him what role should the SANDF be performing in our current era? In other words, what do we need it for would obviously come before how much money we give it. Then, the impact of all of these cutbacks on soldiers themselves. Picky Hreif is the General Secretary of the South African National Defence Union. And finally, what can the SANDF do and what can it not do as a result of all of this? The editor at Defence Web is Guy Martin. We start then with Ambassador Kingsley, uh, Dr. Kingsley Makobele. Uh, Ambassador Makobele, good morning and thank you for your time. Uh, good morning, Stephen. What a pleasure to talk to you. We live in Southern Africa, so it's a region. It's a fairly peaceful region. I'm not aware of any country that could or would really want to invade us. What role should the South African National Defence Force be playing? Stephen, you know, uh, there's a discourse going on in the country. There are people who are thinking that we don't need the Defence Force. We need to stop the budget. We need to use the budget for the Defence Force uh, uh, for social issues in the country. Uh, But they really forget that the state functions on the basis of three basic tenets. Legitimate use of force, that's a responsibility of the state, tax collection, and to legislate. Now, the absence of the use of legitimate force or weakening that part, it creates all sorts of elements. And that's much broader thing. You quietly correct stated that part of the function of the defense force is to provide protection to the border and so on. But if you look at the budget that we're spending in in 2021-2022, the budget of the Defence Force was about 5 billion rands. Now, 2022-2023 is about 3 billion. It is drastically declined. So you you, you are seeing uh, elements that I think are related with this decline of the budgets, uh, the tragedy that we've seen with our submarine. And the last two weeks, the fire that really took uh, some of our officers' lives during training is because people are trying to improvise, I think. And I think we need to retrain. I agree that there are certain aspects of the defense force that we need to realign, retrain them to intervene on disasters and so on. But we need to capacitate them. We need to provide resources for them to be able to do that. Um, Do we need to think about the role of the SANDF in helping people in South Africa? rather than defending our borders. So more times, uh, more time spent, more resources spent on um, helping people recover from dealing with flooding, you know, using helicopters to rescue people, things like that. Absolutely. Rather than defending our borders. So more of a sort of internal force than an external one. You know, Stephen, 
the ideal world that we're living in is that it's a very violent world and we, it's becoming more and more violent as we can see. The proliferation of weapons is getting worse and worse now. So very soon we're going to be threatened. We've seen uh, research and some instances of the flow of a narcotic into our country, which are used by highly sophisticated criminal syndicate, really destroying the social fabric of our country and destroying young people. So those are new threats that are starting to emerge. How do you manage the movement of great goods, narcotic goods into the country when you can't uh, protect your porous border? Those are issues that we need to deal with. That's a legitimate function of the state. And I agree. There are social issues, there are challenges that we're starting to see, wildfire and floods and so on. That's why I'm saying we need to have a component within the defense force that really respond to these challenges. You have that in the United States. The National Guard in the United States responds to hurricanes and so on, and they've been trained to respond to those kind of challenges and demand. What, why can't we do that here, looking at our own specific demand, but that will require more resources to put into the defense force. I think it's naive of all of us to think that we can take money from the defense force and use them for legitimate social issues and challenges that we have. But we need really to balance these issues because the global world, it's, it's, it's very, very precarious and dangerous. The other issue is, do we still have a need to project power? Let me explain what I mean. Do we still need to be able to send soldiers to the DRC to work with the United Nations or into Sudan, for example? I mean, is that a, capaci- a capability that we need to maintain, despite how expensive it can be? Um, you know, the, the United Nations pays you back. If, if you send troops there, we, we get the money back. We, we just need to do certain administrative procedures to be refunded for our military and our presence and the equipment that we send in there. But I think we need also to perform responsibility in creating a better world. You know, we're not the only one. But really, Stephen, I think the the debate in the country ought to be around building capacity of our defense to respond to global challenges, domestic challenges and so on. I mean, I read um, um, the other day here that uh, in the British uh, newspaper that China is going to spend between 2024 and 2030, one trillion British pounds on building capacity of the Navy only. It tells you how challenging the sea routes are, criminal syndicate that operates, a lot of challenges, and of course the projection of power that the Chinese want. We can defend ourselves and project our own defense in a, in a, in a, in a way that is really suitable for our pockets. Uh, but you see countries are spending more. I mean, the United States, Stephen, last year, they've spent about uh, 877 uh, billion US dollars, more than the top 10 countries that are spending their defense. The top 10 countries are spending 677 billion US dollars, and that includes China, Russia, and so on, France and the United Kingdom, and so on. Why are they spending this? What tells them to spend this, to really generate some level of protection? that their countries may need. It's because the world is becoming more and more violent and there's anarchy that is starting to emerge and become very intense because of the rivalry of the big powers around the world and the proliferation of weapons and so on. It's gonna catch up with us very soon if we don't build our own capacity to protect our own borders and protect our own nation. 
Is there another issue in that, um, as a country, as the sort of biggest economy in Southern Africa, there's also a foreign policy that we want to have. Um, we want to be able to say to people, we believe in this or we believe in that. Can you even have a foreign policy if it's not backed up by a military? I mean, military power uh, matters. I mean, uh, Rwanda is a tiny country. It has a very effective army. Uh, there have been Rwandan soldiers operating in Mozambique recently, I understand. I mean, that gives Rwanda a certain weight. Precisely, Stephen. We, we, we can't be talking about creating a better world when we are unable to really send our troops where we think they will make a difference and so on. We need to build enough capacity of our military institution. I, I'm not saying we need to develop what, what in the whole uh, doctrine of uh, military it, 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 uh, it's called uh, in order to avoid war, uh, prepare for war, but prepare for your own defense in order to avoid war. If we don't do that, I mean, we're having serious challenges now, Stephen. You get people who come into the country and people are mining illegally resources. And we're starting to see a trend around the world. I mean, including the United States. You know, the United States has occupied part of uh, Syria and they are, they, are, they are drilling oil there and shipping it out. Can you imagine if uh, a particular power was to come here and occupy our platinum mine and keep on mining them? because we have no institutional capacity to defend ourselves. We need to defend ourselves. We need to project the capability to be able to defend ourselves. And, and I think these are things that we need to do. We're losing it. We're losing that part of it. Dr. Kingsley Makabela, thank you very much indeed. Conflict Resolution Specialist and Director at Risk Recon. Really appreciate the time. Your mediated conversation continues here on SFM, 18 minutes to nine. The role of the SANDF, but also the huge financial cutbacks that it suffered over the last few years. Peki Khrieth is the National Secretary of the South African National Defence Union, representing soldiers in the SANDF. Peki, good morning. Morning, Stephen. Morning to the listeners. When budgets are cut, or let me maybe be a bit more accurate, when budgets don't increase with inflation or don't increase in the way they're supposed to, what does this do to soldiers? Well, it breaks down their morale. Uh, they are not capable of, uh, you know, doing whatever is required of them in an effective way. Uh, there are many requirements on the defence force, and the less money there is, to put it bluntly, then the less capability there is, and that breaks down morale in turn. And of course, when morale goes out the door, so does discipline. It must also lead to problems with equipment, and maybe all the way from, I don't know, not getting new tanks to not getting new boots. Well, that's that's the most simple terms in which we are seeing this manifest. Uh, you know, soldiers can't get boots. Uh, they have to buy their own boots, which is absolutely scandalous. It's things like that. Uh, people can't get parts for equipment like tanks and artillery uh, and so on. And that really hampers the, you know, the efficacy of the defense force and what is required of them. It's those simple things. And uh, it is, as your previous speaker said, uh, many people, you know, improvise. And we know that some of these improv uh, improvising methods have already led to accidents. You remember some time ago there was a helicopter that uh, crash landed on, on, on the freeway between Joburg or the old Johannesburg Pretoria Road just a couple of years ago. And it turned out after investigation that once again there was uh, some plan made with a certain part in the helicopter which was just simply not available uh, there wasn't money to buy a proper part that was needed and so somebody became innovative and that led to the crash 
Um, does it mean then that the SANDF has its fighting forces degraded? It's just not. I mean, it seems obvious to me that this must be the case. It just won't be as effective as we would need it to be if we needed it for some reason. No, it won't, because if you to you you have to scrape around as a soldier to carry your mission because you're not properly equipped or not properly funded. You know, simple things like in the July 22 uh, unrest, uh, there were soldiers who were going for days without food because there was no, either no ration packs or no cash to buy them food and, and, and no facilities to provide them with food in the field. Those are the kind of practical issues you're going to sit with. Of course, that makes you less effective. Even if you have the best training in the world and you have the best morale in the world and the best will to fight and you're a patriot and a good soldier, if you're not equipped, you're starting on the back foot. Could this be putting soldiers in danger on a regular basis? I mean, never mind, you know, a helicopter accident, but it means they literally cannot defend themselves properly. Their guns might not work. They may not be able to move around as they normally would. Are our soldiers being put in danger as a result of this? I think there's a potential for, for the danger increasing if we keep on going with these budget cuts. Uh, you know, I think the Defence Command has been very clear about it to the politicians as well. They've been sounding the uh, alarm. Uh, politicians don't seem to be taking heed. But certainly, uh, if it's not already affecting the Defence Force, it certainly is going to end very soon. The other issue is is what we sort of use soldiers for. Um, and you would have heard the conversation with Ambassador Makobela a few moments ago. Um, it seems to me that the sort of scope of what we might need soldiers for could actually increase uh, particularly if you look at what's happening in Mozambique, if you look at uh, the need that we have for soldiers within South Africa. I mean, are we going to find ourselves in a conversation, in uh, having a bigger conversation about what the SANDF is for, or as sort of loyal soldiers, are you just prepared to follow orders? I think the SNF uh, is going to be required uh, to, to be utilized much more in, in, in future, uh, especially in those areas that you've described. Uh, so, you know, I mean, the simple reality is if we're going to keep on requiring from the Defence Force what we do currently, and if we are going to have more requirements of them in future, then that doesn't fit with cutting the budget. That means the budget should increase. The alternative to that is uh, keep on decreasing the budget and then, you know, require less from the defense force, cut the defense force, and you have the risk that you are sitting with a too small defense force uh, that can move, you know, in a, there's a mismatch between the size of the defense force and its capabilities and the requirements that will be uh, with us in future. Thank you, Krev. Thank you very much indeed, the National Secretary of the South African National Defence Union. In a moment, Guy Martin, the uh, editor at Defence Web. Conversation around the South African National Defence Force and its funding will continue 13 minutes now to nine. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Continuing your mediated conversation around the South African National Defence Force, particularly after the fact that it has not been receiving the amount of money that it's been asking for. Guy Martin is the editor at Defence Web. Guy, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning, Stephen, and thanks for having me. I presume some sectors of the SANDF are hurt more by this than others. So, for example, perhaps the Air Force running planes is usually very expensive, may be affected a lot more by the budget problems than, say, other sectors of the Army? Yes, definitely. I think out of uh, the four uh, branches of the National Defense Force, the Air Force is most definitely the worst hit. Uh, Beginning of this year, more than half of the aircrafts in the fleets were unserviceable and uh, the situation hasn't improved dramatically um, since then. 
most of the combat combat aircraft we have are, are grounded. A few jets were made available for the BRICS summit. Um, they were doing um, combat air patrols over Johannesburg. But our helicopter fleet, the majority are, are grounded. Um, and there are several types, such as the C-47 TP maritime patrol aircraft that are completely unserviceable and not a single one is airworthy. So the Air Force is definitely uh, struggling the, the hardest. Obviously, it's quite expensive to operate aircraft. Um, the, the Army is doing better, although they've got their own challenges. And the Navy, they're struggling a little bit. They're getting some new inshore patrol vessels, but a lot of their older equipment is um, skipping midlife uh, refits and upgrades because there's no money for it. The Treasury has budgeted a little bit of money, um, so about a billion rand in the next few years to try and work on that maintenance backlog. But the Navy still struggles to send enough um, vessels, for instance, up uh, the East Coast to patrol the Mozambique Channel. It's struggling to meet its other commitments. For example, we've seen a lot of exercises being um, cancelled or or uh, postponed indefinitely because there's just no money to host these exercises. Um, I mean, I presume people in the South African National Defence Force have been warning of these problems for a long time. It doesn't sound like they've been listened to. Oh, for sure. Uh, for, for at least the last 10 years, uh, we, we've seen these problems coming, the alarm bells have been sounded, and unfortunately nothing is done. It's been done. But even, even with uh, we thought the, the 2013 battle for Bangui, that would perhaps increase uh, the, the size and, and relevance of the National Defence Force, but politicians didn't, didn't uh, wake up and recapacitate then. And the situation has only gotten much worse. Uh, when our grip pins were grounded at the beginning, sort of the end of 2021, uh, we were left without uh, a fighter jet for over a year, and the politicians again didn't uh, didn't do much to to uh, relieve the the budget deficit, and the budget cuts are just getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, at at the moment, the defence force is sitting with about a six billion rand budget shortfall for for this year, and that includes um, salaries as well as other cuts um, from National Treasury. Uh, all government departments have been told that they need to reduce spending and start saving more money. So the SNDF is just being slashed and slashed, and the situation doesn't look like it's going to get better anytime soon. In the, the Minister of Defence, she's estimated that uh, the Defence Force is almost 50% underfunded considering its, its tasks. And uh, for this year alone, um, based on the boots on the ground, the uh, minister has said that the SNDF is underfunded to the tune of 2.6 billion rand. It would seem almost, I mean, I hate to ask this question, that soldiers might start to worry where their actual salaries would come from. Soldiers who aren't paid salaries has a very bad history. Definitely, it's extremely risky not to not to pay your soldiers or to um, get rid of your soldiers. Um, one of the things that really kicked off the insurgency in Iraq was when 
the Americans fired in the whole the whole, um, whole of Saddam's army, and you know, you know how that that turned out. I don't think it would be as an extreme uh, thing here in South Africa, but it is quite concerning that if the SNDF is struggling to um, pay for equipment and operations, um, our salaries next in line. So at the moment, uh, about 60% of the budget goes towards salaries, which is an extremely high high um, number, and that leaves very little money for operations. Now, the SNDF has been trying to uh, streamline and shrink the size of the Defence Force um, to keep it in line with its, its, uh, its funding, um, and they've introduced uh, what they call a mobility exit mechanism. So basically, uh, uh, voluntary uh, retrenchment package, and they've, they've been for the last couple of years. They've been slowly exiting um, a few thousand soldiers from the defence force, but that costs money, and they've actually run out of of um, mobility exit mechanism funding for this year. So no more soldiers can leave, and hopefully next year with the, the new budget, they will be able to to resume that. Sure. But it is quite a, a worry that soldiers' uh, uh, salaries could could be next in line for, for cuts. Is there any figure anywhere of how much it would cost to recapitalize um, the Defence Force? In other words, if we wanted to be able to do certain things, we need to pay for it to do those certain things. Um, I imagine it must run into the billions or more to try and actually get it back to where it should be. There are ships that need refurbishment, there are planes that need to be fixed, all sorts of problems. Yes, it's, uh, the, the, the minister has uh, estimated that it'll, it'll, one needs to double the defence budget. Um, but other estimates um, called for at least 40 billion rand to um, uh, recapitalize and bring up the SANDF to the point where it's able to effectively carry out uh, border security and other tasks. Um, one of the issues that the SANDF has raised is that our aer- aerial borders are quite unprotected and they're seeing a lot of aircraft flying back and forth along our northern borders, and they know that these these aircraft are going up and down um, illegally, but the Air Force can't do anything about it. So we were also seeing a similar situation um, on the, the maritime side. We've had to basically stop um, um, anti-piracy and maritime security patrols up the Mozambique Channel. Now, the SNDF used to often uh, do kind poaching operations, particularly in the Western Cape, and we've seen a, a major cutback in that regard as well. And when it comes to uh, landward border security, some funding has been made available for new vehicles, for drones, and some other force multiplier technology, but it's not enough to properly secure our borders. We've got 15 companies of troops on our landward borders, but the SNDF says they need 22 companies to actually effectively police those borders. I mean, it it seems to me unlikely that there's going to be a lot more money to come for the SANDF soon. So the short-term outlook probably is that things will get worse. Definitely. Uh, if we look at the, the, the situation um, locally, internationally, economy is not doing well. So that means that 
there be less funding for the SANDF, yet uh, we are seeing far, far more insecurity and far more risks locally, continentally, and internationally. And this is going to point to the SANDF being called out more and more. So we've seen uh, an increase in environmental disasters as climate change worsens. Uh, we've got elections coming up. It's all sorts of internal security risks. A lot of warnings about uh, July 2021 riots repeating themselves. And of course, we've got uh, insurgency over the border in Mozambique. Uh, we've got coups um, up in Africa, and that instability could filter down this way. So we're living in a very tumultuous, um, dangerous, and, and uncertain world. And it's in times like these that we need to be investing far more in the defense force rather than cutting the budgets time after time, and yet continuing to think that the defense force will be able to carry on as, it's, as it has been. You don't do more with less, you do less with less. Guy Martin, thank you. Editor at Defence Web. My thanks also to Picky Khrif, the National Secretary of the SA National Defence Union. And starting us off today, Ambassador Dr. Kingsley Makobela, conflict resolution expert and director at Risk Recon. Well, 